live from the heart of Los Angeles. This is the at home edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright. With tonight's guest from Portland and people and enlightened community, Jennifer Kelly and Mary Jacobson. And musical guests, Oshri Hakan and Nick Young. Look at the I am Mark Lazier, and now our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. I don't know about you all. Maybe I do, actually. Haven't heard a lot of people say that they are grateful for their community. Thankfully, I have heard many, but I haven't heard a lot. Like, that's not the conversation in the news kind of thing. Uh, in the feeds that I'm looking at, community, 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 that is the conversation. That seems like the most important conversation at this time. I, I have long felt, and I know some of us have too, that we had lost connection with family, with friends, with community for for a long time, maybe a few decades. But uh, in the past couple of years, it's gone even further, I think, in a direction that we could all do well with turning it around. Now, when I got to have a chance to speak with our two guests at the same time, uh, I felt like this overwhelming sense like these two get it. And and true to uh, true to the sense of community, this show actually uh, is an example, not just the Life Changes show, but this episode, because we invited our guest, Jennifer, who then immediately wanted to bring on her co-worker and uh, uh, and, and uh, well, you'll know more in the show, but uh, bring Mary on. And then similarly, Jennifer then referred us to a musical guest who also said, oh, and I'd like to have somebody else on as well. So here we are. It feels like one big, wonderful community. I am glad it is manifesting here on the Life Changes show. I can't wait to dig in when we come back here in right after this on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All Phi Beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence. Nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Five beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi Meditation. Phi Meditation helps you harness the power of I Am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi Beads at PhiBeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, Beads.com. You are listening to The Life Changes Show. 
live from Vortex Dome LA on the BBS Radio Network with your host, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. You can hear tonight's show and all our past shows on our archive page at lifechangesshow.com, which include luminaries such as comedian Michael Collier, actress Gabriella Wright, performing artist James Hood, and author Ken Honda. Email your comments and questions to info at lifechangesnetwork.com or askdorothy at lifechangesshow.com. You can also comment via Twitter at Life Changes Show and Facebook at The Life Changes Show. Life Changes Show at Home Edition. I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, and we've titled this episode Optimizing the New Community Blueprint and Connecting People. Our guests are co-creators of Enlightened Community and for Land and People, a 501c3. We're going to learn about them and that and about us and community with Jennifer Kelly and Mary Jacobson. Welcome, Jennifer and Mary, to the Life Changes Show. Hi. It's so great to be here. Thank this you Jennifer. for having us. This, this is Mary. Thank you for having us. It's, it's truly a pleasure. And uh, seriously, at one point when I listened to the two of you talking together, uh, we weren't seeing each other, but I just felt enveloped in this. Like, not only did you two know what you're talking about, you you love, uh, there was love, there was understanding, there was compassion for, for what truly needs to happen here. So, Jennifer, I'm going to ask you first. I know you're a nine-time foster mom and, and, uh, and mother of four boys of, of your own. And... Uh, and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's such a, a long list. You left a career in film and TV to do not this yet, but you started all these other things and it's led you to here. Could you talk to us about this journey? Yeah, well, um, you know, when I started fostering, it was around the time that I was uh, pregnant with my first son. I was actually mentoring my daughter, Joanna, and, um, it was when the light bulb went on of how many things need to come together for us to feel safe and whole in life. And, um, you know, here I was bringing a new life onto the planet and mentoring a nine-year-old who had been through extreme trauma and, um, I had just begun a journey in yoga and meditation and um, realizing my own journey of, you know, growing up with uh, a very high functioning alcoholic mom and an absent dad, you know, and and just thinking about how challenging some of the things in my life were. And then looking at my daughter and what she was navigating at nine, you know, her life experience and then looking at this new baby and going, oh, my goodness, I need to understand how to navigate life so I can show him the way, you know? Mm. And so I learned a lot of tools. I asked a lot of questions. I sat with a lot of people. I read books um, and I applied it with my kiddos and um, started to see how pieces fit together and started to see how certain traumas would manifest in certain ways. And then what might help that person heal or feel supported or feel loved so that they could find the pieces that worked for them. 
And so it's been a long journey. I, um, I did enjoy my, fil- my uh, fil- film career, but I also, my heart was really longing to work with people and to share all the knowledge that I had been learning and utilizing in my own home um, on a broader scale. Wow. Uh, Interesting that you were working with children. Mary, you were working with seniors, uh, especially those who had severe impairments and dementia uh, through your yoga practice, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You studied all these different things and yoga, and now you've obviously had a journey to here as well. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yes. Um, Yeah, that's true. I I feel like I've sort of had, this is my second life kind of, because before I came into the yoga world, I was working as a reporter and editor, and I covered crime. So I covered crime on a daily basis. And that is a very intense <laughs> bit of work. Um, and some things happened and I went through some very severe personal tragedy and had a total breakdown and my life was no longer viable. It really wasn't. And so long story short, a friend took me to a yoga class and that began my connection to a yoga practice, which I never would have thought <laughs> of doing on my own. And um, I eventually became a yoga teacher and through another series of, you know, coincidences, but we don't really, you know, fate, whatever you want to call it, destiny. I I ended up teaching seniors in the assisted living facility where my mother was living and found I had quite a knack for it. Um, And the combination of my background in journalism being a professional journalist for so many years and then my own personal working through my own personal trauma and then coming full circle almost and seeing the resiliency as I mean we think of the elderly so often in those situations as being fragile but I really saw the resiliency of of these folks and how important it was to just stop and pay attention that that was really the main thing was be present and care about them and how powerful just showing up in that way can be. And now all of those things are kind of coming together for where we are now. I I, I heard the same thing from both of you, actually, Mary just now, and then uh, Jennifer in, a, in our call earlier, both of you said that one of the most important things uh, that we can do is listen and observe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's interesting. When my son was younger, my pediatrician was uh, pretty holistic minded. And he said something to me that really stuck with me. And it stuck with me on this journey. And he said, you know, um, when you read the parenting books and everything, they're trying to give you like a cookie cutter, you know, but our kids aren't cookies. And so you're going to have to read those things and ask questions and learn and then see who your child is mm. and how to meet um, your child's needs and how to help your child develop his potential. And um, the similar philosophy is in the yogic world where, you know, it's about us 
finding our individual light. And your job as a teacher is to guide someone to find their light, not to be a carbon copy of you or to, you know, just spew stories that they've learned, but to find their light and their unique talents and shine those onto the planet. Right. And so in order to do that, you have to really listen. You have to see who people are and then understand what might be the right tool to use to work with them or to share with them so they can find their light and find their way. Mm. Mm. And, you know, when people are, are suffering from trauma, they've been through trauma or anything of that nature, it's so important. We know that the way that that is helped, if not healed, is by slowing down. You have to slow down and really just stay present with those feelings and offer support. And frankly, the way we kind of live our lives and set up our culture, we're not really geared toward that. And that's mm. one of the things that we um, really want to build in our project, in our community, is that presence and that pace for that listening and observation. Yes, Mary, you said something that I, I found fascinating and sadly very true, is that uh, something to the effect of in our society today, people just expect people to cope. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and if they don't cope, then then we just kind of move on. Um, and, and the saddest part of this, and we'll get to more of it in a little bit, but the saddest part is some people have the tools some people and most people maybe don't mm -hmm. but the children most definitely don't most of them and don't have the support right right and you know the the thing is we're still looking at our children as cookie cutters right look at the school uh, system we're designed to follow the school system a really specific way and we have more and more children who don't relate in that way we have you know huge um, autism spectrum now. We have um, kids with uh, sensory things going on. And I don't think it's an accident, actually. I think that we have to learn how to understand these incredible beings that are coming on the planet right now to help us shift the way we do things. And the frustration comes in because we're, we just keep trying to put that cookie cutter mold on these children and these children are completely wired different. These children are much more aware. Um, they're much more connected than we ever were in some ways good and in some ways bad um, with, you know, social media and technology and all of that. Um, but they, they think different, they walk different. And the more that we try to, standardize them, the more we're failing. Right. Um, and so, you know, there are three really important things for someone to heal, for someone to be vibrant, and for someone to be productive in the world. They need autonomy. They need to be able to individuate, to um, be understood for who they are. Then they need to master, they need mastery of resiliency, of um, life skills, of community and connection and relationship, and they need purpose. 
And when we have these three things in place and intact, we have amazing, vibrant people who are, you know, doing incredible things in the world. I think, too, there's such a huge issue with, you know, we're fighting a number of um, long-standing habits, if not um, just the way we're kind of built. Um, You know, the the brain, the, the... primitive brain is kind of hooked up to fear um, for the very purpose of survival, you know. So one of the things that that kind of fires off in that part of the brain is if if we see something that we perceive to be different, that part of the brain considers that a threat, you know, on some level, right? And it becomes something that's the judgment becomes that it's something to be avoided or bad or whatever. And this thing that Jen is talking about where we have all of, you know, we can't just stamp people out in this cookie cutter fashion and expect them to respond and thrive. You know, we really have to move beyond this approach of just reactivity because what, and it's ironic we're talking about this on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, right? Like what happened, you know, the whole point is what if we actually not just allow for differences what if we understood that they were magical and incredible and embraced them and allowed people to find their way into whoever they are without making them wrong for being different from us yeah there's something i was taught by my teacher early on in yoga um and what she used to say is that we each have this really incredible design, this incredible purpose that we come onto this planet with. And that if we don't realize that design and purpose, it's lost forever. Mm. And so what we really want to do is enable individuals to really find that design and purpose, whatever that is, because, because if what she, if what my teacher says is true, then we all have such an important piece of the puzzle. And each one of us is is so intricate and so purposeful in the overall design of what we experience in life. And so we're losing a lot of that purpose, you know, unfortunately right now to drugs, to mental health illness, to abuse, to trauma. And we want to come together and help people turn that light back on Mm. because we need it. So speaking of coming together, some of us uh, may have been born into a community, so to speak, whether it's a cultural one or a religious one, or we could even look at our school community as such, but that may or may not actually be a community in, in the terms of how you two might describe it. Uh, I also wonder, though, when now, today, maybe less and less people are being born into community and the community has expanded into the people online or on the Internet. So how how would you, well, obviously your community is going to be different. How? I would say that community, you know, community isn't, as we mean it, is an intentional, heart-centered endeavor. You know, um, there you can be part of many communities that are more just 
by accident or chance or or location circumstance. I would call that more of a group. Um, but what we're talking about is creating a nurturing environment where people are joined together by something much more meaningful than an address or a bank account or a you know, a school alumni, you know, link or anything like that. And Jen, I think you can probably speak more about the specifics of that, perhaps. Yeah. So the idea is that um, this community that we're building is a place of discovery. It's a place of acceptance. It's a place of celebrating differences. It's a place of um, coming together to learn and grow to be in nature, to um, rekindle our fires, our internal fires together, um, and to explore different avenues for healing, connecting, and, um, and living on this planet. So uh, it's a, you know, it's a community of choice, obviously, and which is different from what we're born into, you know, um, some, sometimes what we're born into serves us really well and other times it does not. And so, um, more and more as, you know, we don't have the traditional like community or village life like we used to have, um, even myself growing up in New Jersey in a, uh, like a section eight apartment building, there was a lot of community, uh, you know, like all the kids and the single moms, they all, you know, work together and, and we had a little tribe going, you know, but less and less we see that. And um, people are starving for that kind of connection, for starving for a place to feel safe in the world and a place to feel accepted and seen and heard. And that's what we're striving to build. Starving is actually a really good word. Uh, I know it's used lightly sometimes, and I'm not saying you're using it that way, but it's like, oh, I'm starving for this, I'm starving. But 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 starving to the sense of being really malnourished, which causes issues within their their own body, their own psyche, right? Their uh, yeah. their own psychology, yeah. and and yeah. in the in the in the world. Yes. You know, for as connected as we are, like through social media and Zoom and, you know, um, these little devices we carry around with us everywhere called phones, um, more and more people are depressed, are isolated, are anxious. So why is that? Why is that happening? That's happening because we are not connecting in the ways that we really need to be connecting. So, and those, those connections really need to be uh, fostered in a really purposeful way. Mm. So you both are creating along with, uh, I, I hope, a, a, a larger group of people because this is a lot of work. Um, <laughs> Uh, and maybe not enough people yet. And this is part of what we're hoping to bring attention to and and money and, and land and, and all kinds of things. It's not called for land and people for nothing. Um, so what uh, what is uh, I, I just got distracted. Um, so when when you're when you're doing this, um, 
you are focusing also on children and let's talk about that. Yeah. So, um, this community is really designed for everyone, but our core focus is, um, at risk youth. And the reason we are choosing that focus is because, um, there are some staggering numbers happening with our youth right now. Like just in LA County alone, we have 1.5 million uh, 15 to 24 year olds. And out of those 15 to 24 year olds, 25% of them are in serious at risk situations. So that's 325,000 kiddos just Mm. in Los Angeles County. That's huge. And what's happening is we're losing a lot of our kids to the streets, to homelessness, to addiction, to food insecurity, abuse, trauma, neglect, um, illiteracy, you know, and um, this is our future. And we really need to change the trajectory of that future because the numbers are growing. Oh, and mental health issues, by the way, also. Um, But those numbers are growing. They're not, they're not getting better. And, um, you know, when we consider that the youth is our future, I think it's imperative that we really start sowing into the youth in a really profound way and, um, let go of this notion that like, these are just lost kids or that, um, you could, you know, they can't be reached because I have not found that to be true. I've found that to be quite inaccurate actually. Um, right. And also, I think it's really interesting that I, I say this anecdotally. I mean, I don't have the data on this, but when I speak to young people and you ask them what is the most important issue on their minds, it's the environment and what's happening with climate change. And we're talking about, you know, bringing both of these critical concerns together for healing, right? Our, our, we talk about for our um, project, we say heal the soil, heal the soul. Mm-hmm. And that like is, that. yeah, that's the idea because, you know, there's, it's not a coincidence that we're neglecting both our youth and our future and our planet and our future. Mm-hmm. And when I say we, I mean the dominant decision-making, you know, the, the kind of way that things have been going, you know, but a lot of people Mm. don't agree with that now, but we have to kind of activate that to start making the change. Mm. Uh, the, thank you both for what you're sharing and enlightening here and, and, and doing, obviously, when you mention numbers like that, uh, it's, it's staggering, of course, even that, 325,000, if if these children are already at risk, I, I would imagine then that there are hundreds of thousands of more that are potentially uh, on the road to that or that are affected in all those ways that you mentioned because they know somebody in that area, you know, within whatever communities they're on online or in, in the areas that they live. So it, it's it's that's a pandemic yeah it is absolutely i mean um you know just the uh the uh 
fentanyl crisis is unbelievable. I mean, we lost 100,000 people last year to fentanyl overdose. And, um, you know, it, that I believe, to me, that is just a direct result of kids um, needing more answers, needing more tools, needing more support, needing more guidance, needing more um, people to believe in them, you know, and needing places to go that aren't sterile, aren't um, a cookie cutter establishment, but places where they, they can make some mistakes, they can be seen and heard, they can be held, you know, um, and mm. loved unconditionally. And um, because we do know that love is the most healing, motivating force on the planet. And yet, for some reason, we continually choose to use fear as the motivating force. And we've got to change that. Mm-hmm. Well, when we come back, actually, I'd love to uh, have you both share a little bit more about optimizing the new community blueprint. Like what what is a, a start of this blueprint? Or you actually mentioned so many things already, but uh, a couple things that that you're working on that others can do in their communities and their part of the world. Uh, and if you are interested in supporting or learning more about what our guests, Jennifer and Mary, are doing, uh, they're looking for all kinds of support and obviously need it. And it's obviously a good cause. You can go to four, that's F-O-R, landandpeople.org, forlandandpeople.org. Uh, we also have a link on both uh, Jennifer's page and Mary's page where you can donate to what they're working on. You can learn more about it. You can participate, I'm sure, in many other different ways. They're all over social media. We have their links on our pages for each of them on the Life Changes show. Please do go visit. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with Jennifer and Mary, and then we're going to have our Ask Dorothy segment. And soon after that, our musical segment with uh, instrumentalists and vocalists, Oshri Hakak and Nick Young, all on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition, right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. You are listening to the Life Changes Show, live from 
Vortex Dome LA with your host, Filippo Volcaggio. You can visit us online at lifechangeshow.com, via Twitter at Life Changes Show, and Facebook at the Life Changes Show. We are back. I am host Filippo Voltaggio, and let me read this for land and people. Uh, it's a 501c3 nonprofit organization, provides the framework for breaking the cycle of disconnection and destruction for both humans and Earth. Our community-based programming will create a comprehensive approach to trauma therapy, wellness, and education, specifically focusing on underserved and foster youth in an at-risk situation. We have titled this episode, Optimizing the New Community Blueprint and Connecting People, and our guests are co-creators of Enlightened Community and for land and people, Jennifer Kelly and Mary Jacobson. I am feeling like this conversation is so important. I feel the gravitas of this like happening sooner than later. It feels like it should have been done a hundred years ago. <laughs> we feel the same way. <laughs> it kind of was done a hundred years ago and then we went veering uh, yeah. away from I mean, indigenous communities have been living and understanding these things for, you know, centuries, and we've uh, sort of taken ourselves in a different direction, so. Nice, or not nice. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. So what, uh, obviously, there's so much that we all can do to support you, and uh, it, go ahead and list those, and then let's talk about what we can do to support ourselves and, and our communities intentionally. Well, uh, we're kicking off some programming at the end of the month. Um, we're walking kids through um, 12 sessions of the 12 aspects of health and wellness that are important for us to function properly in the world. Um, we're definitely looking for funding for that. We also are um, developing more programming so that we can uh, expand our reach. We're looking for land in the LA area um, that can become our home that we can farm and do ecosystem restoration um, and be a more centralized meeting place. Right now, we're partnering with other farms and ecosystem restoration camps. Um, but we also are looking to partner with people who um, maybe have programs or um, have a desire to help in this capacity. I believe that, um, that it's really important that we operate with the regenerative mentality that all things have value. And when I, we talk about it being a community blueprint, we want to model what other communities can do to help support the young and the old that may be living in their communities. And so um, if we do this together in partnership, then it um, makes the whole process so much easier. You know, that old adage, like many hands make light work. There's a lot of work to do. And so, um, you know, those partnerships, I think, are going to be a really crucial part of this program succeeding. And rewarding, too, for mm -hmm. even people that yeah. are involved. 
Absolutely. Did I leave anything out, Mary? Well, I was just going to say the only thing, you didn't leave anything out, but I wanted to add that if people, you know, people are thinking, oh, what can I do? What, how can I help? How can I step up? And I want to just take a moment and, and allow for people to take time for their own healing, Mm -hmm. to honor their own trauma, Um, that that is essential. That is an essential piece of this. You know, this isn't about running out and saving a bunch of people. (laughs) This is about transformation. You know, we understand this in the yogic world. We understand this in different disciplines that authentic transformation begins within, right? It begins inside of ourselves. And it's because of not just the experiences, but the healing that Jen and myself and others involved have done on themselves that we are feeling ready to bring this to other people. We can be present for ourselves so we can, you know, be examples of that. And so look to yourself, take care of yourself, get the support you need. And then we'd love to have you. (laughs) Yeah. Mary, you're reminding me of uh, one of my favorite songs when going to church as a kid that really spoke to me. I, I, you, I bet you both know it. Let there be peace on earth. Oh, yeah. And let it begin with me. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, so so actually that answers the second part of my question is is what we could do is is that's how we start is is within us yes. and and then how uh, if people uh, feel drawn to work with you all great if they feel drawn to learn from you all great and if they feel drawn to do something else like what might be a next step uh, obviously the two of you have done so much in this area with you, Kelly, uh, take, uh, becoming a foster mom, uh, for example, uh, you, uh, Mary, working with uh, seniors. Uh, so, like, those are great examples, actually. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was a process, I think, for both of us. We both had to do our own work first, and that's why Mary's saying, you know, it, start there for sure. Um, and, uh, but as we've done this healing work on ourselves, it's, it's, um, it expands your capacity to be able to lend a hand to someone else. So, um, that is really powerful. We have all kinds of, um, classes and workshops and things going on within Lighten community and retreats and stuff. So that's a place where people could also find us and do some healing work if they're in need of healing work on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, right. Uh, so in Lighten, that's I-N Lighten community.com in Lighten community.com. And also, again, the organization for landandpeople.org. And like I mentioned, we do have uh, links uh, to where you can donate. And also, they're all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc., on YouTube as well. I, I, I like some of the things you were posting on YouTube. I, I, uh, I, I kind of miss them. You're too busy, I think, probably, to, <laughs> to, to even do a two-minute which oh my two minute tips 
<laughs> well, I started, you know, I started the two minute tips right when COVID happened. And then I started a morning meditation, which we're still doing, by the way, it's free. Anyone can join. Um, if you go to the Enlightened Community website under classes, um, you can just get the Zoom link. But I've been running this morning meditation now for almost two years every day. And we're about to start a new meditation on Wednesday morning called mm. Heart Coherence. Um, it's a quick half hour. But yeah, life started getting so busy because all this farm stuff started coming to me and all this programming started coming to me and I started mentoring more kids and you know like you just God opens the door mm. <laughs> and opens your heart mm. and you just can't turn away anymore you know and so that happened again this year that happened when I first started fostering and then I remember having this realization like oh my god I love fostering but it's too slow there's too many kids mm. I've got to figure out how to like expand this process you know and I'd done trainings for my foster agency and you know all kinds of stuff and um and so this year that's the way that that manifested you know I'd been asking God I've been asking the universe like how to affect more change because it just felt like overwhelming and that's where for land and people came from that's where that that vision to like have land and have a bigger gathering space and start this programming and get more people involved you know it all kind of came together so but you know it's funny you say that because when you were asking me to pull out a YouTube video I thought I should go back to my two minute tips <laughs> so I, I will <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do send it to us, we'll add it to the page. <laughs> but I'm sure people can hear what I was talking about in the monologue, or better yet, feel what I was talking about in the monologue. Uh, can To quote another song, can you feel the love tonight? Okay, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't, 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 don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, and it would have been lovely to have uh, your daughter on as well, Joanna. That would have been very special. Uh, it couldn't make it happen. If we had a little, yeah, technical, technical difficulties, issue. But that's but, okay. But maybe another time. I trust that there'll be more in this community that's building. Thank you to the two of you, Jennifer Kelly and Mary Jacobson. What an absolute pleasure. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, it's our pleasure. Again, I want to uh, remind everybody, enlighten, ienlightencommunity.com and for, F-O-R, landandpeople.org. I'm sure we'll be hearing more from both Jennifer Kelly and Mary Jacobson. In the meantime, it's time for Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Marissa from Costa Mesa, California. I met the man of my dreams two months ago and just know that he is my soulmate. Even though we have only spent a few hours in each other's physical presence, he told me how excited he is to be able to lay a foundation for a wonderful relationship. Since he is in Canada and I am here in the States and can't return to Canada for six months, I need him to realize right now that we are meant to be together forever. We have FaceTime several times a week, and he just is not saying the things I need to hear. How can I get Marvin to understand that we are soulmates and are destined to spend the rest of our lives together? Why doesn't he know what I know about our future? Why doesn't he say to me, I love you too, when I tell him that I love him? Please help me find the right words to get the response I need from him. My dear Marissa, please breathe. 
your question reminds me of the women in romance novels or TV movies where they know immediately that the men that they just met are destined to be their life mates. Unfortunately, these stories are fiction, and yet so many women have been programmed to believe that this is the way love really happens. I ask you to please take some time and write down what being in love really means to you. I also suggest that you write down what qualities your true dream man has and determine how many of these qualities your Marvin actually possesses. Even though you spend time talking to each other, I'm feeling that you don't have enough answers to the correct questions for either of you to determine a happy future together. There's a wonderful website, mindbodygreen.com, that has an article describing the research that went into a study of couples using a list of 36 questions to fall in love. The list has been around for a long time, and this article includes the 36 questions. I've suggested these questions to many of my clients as a way to get to know the person that they are in love with. It has brought some couples to marriage, and it has shown others that their relationships just might not work in spite of them being in love. Marissa, I encourage you to explore these questions with Marvin and let's see what happens. Having spent only a few hours together physically and some quality time speaking with one another, this is just not enough time to determine a successful lifetime commitment. I trust you're willing to breathe and to get to know one another in a more concrete way than just your knowing that he is the one. And if you have a question for Dorothy, simply write her at askdorothy at lifechangesshow.com. And with that, we will take a quick break and come back with our musical guests, Oshri Hakak and Nick Young, right after this on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. Life Changes Show is a premier radio show presented by the Life Changes Network, which is a company whose team has dedicated their lives not only to positive change, but to helping others observe and embrace, honor, and even celebrate their own changes, thus enabling a more positive, inspired life and helping to create a more positive and inspired world. From everyday people, celebrities, corporate giants, and children, we are here to help and to serve. 
With heart, integrity, and experience, we bring our message and positive intent into your lives through the Life Changes Show, LifeChangesNetwork.com, and through guest appearances on other inspiring shows and events. If you wish to learn more about Life Changes Life Coaching, a private consultation with one of us, corporate or live event appearances, or if you would like us to appear on your radio or TV shows, please email us at info at lifechangesnetwork.com. We're back. I am Filippo, and during our musical guest segment, we have instrumentalists and vocalists, Oshri Hakak and Nick Young. Welcome, Oshri and Nick, to the Life Changes Show. Hello, hello. It's so nice to be here. Hi, thank you. Great to have you both here, and I'm really looking forward to your share. As a matter of fact, the two of you have many things to share. I, I think I'm actually hearing myself in the background. If you're playing the show, if you could maybe turn that off. Um, uh, so uh, you both have many things to share. Uh, uh, like our guests, you have had full lives uh, with different careers uh, it's fascinating and wonderful because I think the more people see that we don't have to just be one thing <laughs> or two, uh, the the greater this world can be. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I think uh, that's definitely my experience. Um, one of the things that really brings me joy is is bringing music to children, and so I have a a whole program I do for preschool music. And I've, I've been doing a lot of teaching with the Head Start program over the last 15 years or so. So yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And I also feel it's, we, we live at a really special time where so many, uh, so many elements of different fields and areas of creativity have been curated and are accessible in a way that they've never been before. So it makes it actually more possible to um, integrate different streams of creativity horizontally, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Is that you, Nick? That's uh, that me. Yeah. Oh, okay. But we are one. We're, we're very connected, so it's okay. <laughs> I, I thought at first uh, that it was okay. So okay. So Ashri, you, you're uh, you're absolutely right, and I'm glad you said that because it's making me think on how true that is, and how we don't really bring that into the conversation very much. And you, of all people, uh, uh, are are living that out. Uh, don't you do food and books and videos? As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to learn how to make uh, aluminum foil <laughs> people from you. I'm going to send in to learn how to do that. I would love to show you how. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you let me know. Yeah, Oshri. Don't be shy. You're a children's book author and uh, activist, social activist. And he makes delicious carob bars. I mean, come on, the two of you. <laughs> I get really bored. So, you know, I have to – no, but it is actually uh, – there's there's a way, I think, whether it's within a field or between different areas, <clears throat> there's a way to balance life so that you can kind of create space between things. So having more than one thing – uh on the table allows you to take space from the other and so a lot of i think a lot of my growth 
uh, has been and, and will continue to be uh, um, really understanding how to make you know, different paths converge instead of uh, pull, a, pull t like kind of tear me in, like pull me in different directions, they can actually converge. And, and um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Actually, it it does make sense. And uh, I and I also have more information about you all, like I've been looking at some of the titles of the, the pieces that you improvise together uh, and and the length of them. Like I, I, I just heard you all say when we were talking earlier that you just did an improvisation recently that was an hour long. Yeah, you know, our music is um, very stream of consciousness, and, and what we're going to do today is going to be something completely new and original. Uh, and we've, we kind of come from the tradition of yoga, uh, meditation, uh, spiritual healing through music, sound healing, uh, that kind of a thing. So when we create some music, we're, we're not just creating, you know, a song that you're going to tap your toe to. It's it has a facility uh, that's going to, you know, if you're willing to open your heart and your consciousness to it, it you can take a journey and uh, and find stuff inside that you may not have been aware of, uh, find places where you can have comfort and healing and, uh, and see how your imagination can flow along with the music. Mm. Give us some of the titles, uh, if you will, of the pieces that you have out there right now. Well, one of the ones we really love that we did recently is called uh, Pilgrimage to Earth. Mm. And it's about 45 minutes long. And it just, it's something we, it was actually, I think the first thing that we recorded together. Yeah. And it was kind of, we were, we was like, we were warming up kind of, and it just we had hit record. So, and then after we were listening to it, we were like, you know, 45 minutes later, like, that sounds like it was probably pretty good. <laughs> you know, and then, so we've been sharing that. And that was just a couple months ago or so. Yeah. 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 We get together uh, at my house. We live, my wife and I live uh, up in the San, San Bernardino Mountains. And uh, we have a nice room in here where we set up uh, a little bit of recording equipment and sound equipment. And, and Oshri and I'll spend an afternoon just we don't really say too much to each other. We just start playing and then the hours roll by, you know. Wow. Well, we're going to get a taste of of what happens when you two get together because you're together now. And so we're, we're going to hear it. I, I don't know how you're going to keep it to a couple minutes, but uh, <laughs> but, but here we go now. It, can we t are we going to title this something? Um Maybe uh, maybe after maybe you can yeah, title yeah. It. when when we're done maybe you, you can feel into it. Oh, and I also wanted to just quickly mention the instruments that we're going to be using. Yes. So Oshri is playing the English horn, as well as what else do you have, Oshri? Tin, tin whistle. Tin yeah. whistle. Okay, and he has some other. Uh, he has a, a, some other instruments with him as well. Yeah. The daduk. Yeah. And uh, I have I have my guitar and I have a sitar, and I have a bamboo flute, and I also we both also do some vocal stuff. Well, exciting! We're we're gonna get to hear Oshri Hakak and Nick Young improvising uh, here on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition live. Here is 
improvisation number one.
Oshri Hakak and Nick Young. Thank you so much. You, you could call that one. Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, done. As soon as you started playing, I just sat back in my chair and thought, oh, I get it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, nice. So uh, you, uh, you, I just want everybody to know that that you all are all over internet, and uh, so they can reach, uh, for example, Oshri on uh, Instagram at Oshri Hakak, and that's uh, Oshri O S H R I and Hakak H A K A K, and uh, also it, your website Nam Nam is that like like Sat Nam N A A M N O m.com right yeah that's how you spell it oh okay and then yeah. nick, nick they're delicious too those those, <laughs> oh, absolutely those? Oh, those okay right uh, all right uh and then you've got the butterfly on books.com which is uh the children's books right yeah it's, it's butterfly in but it's spelled like butterfly on but yeah the butterfly in is a creature who uh, lives in my imagination it's a butterfly lion yeah <laughs> oh, is that the picture we have on the web page? Uh, probably. You, yes, yeah. yes. It has. I thought. Okay, angel wings. I, they're not angel wings. They're butterfly wings. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did you make that character? Yeah. Oh, what, there's so much to know about you. So Nick <laughs> is also on Instagram at Bombay Rain Sitar, mm -hmm. and also his website is Bombay Rain dot net uh yes. so okay um i i did want to ask real quickly so the the sitar not a lot of people uh play the sitar in this country and not uh a lot of them i would imagine are given one as a gift at 16 years old yes yeah that was a pivotal moment in my life really i i've uh i had this wonderful girlfriend that i met when I was 16 and we were together for, I think for five years and we heard she had an awesome dad who's a professor at Cal State Long Beach and uh, he, you know, I think people had sitars as a decorative piece. It was just something kind of nice to have in the corner of your apartment or something, uh, you know, in the years before that. So he knew that I played guitar and sang, and and uh, so he gave this beautiful instrument to me, the one I'm playing today. It's the same one. I've had it for uh, over 35 years, and um, it's uh, it's uh, it's taken me on so many journeys into so many amazing places. I've been able to support spiritual teachers and healers all over the world, and uh, uh, you know, workshops and. Um, yoga and uh, Oshri and I just recently did a, a retreat um, where we did, uh, he led yoga and we both did music and I led the guided meditations and we, um, we were uh, able to bring a lot of healing and centering to a group of uh, educators uh, at, at a wonderful retreat in the Zion uh, National Park in Utah. Mm -hmm. uh, Oshri, I think years ago, people wouldn't have seen connections to what I'm about to ask you now. But to me, it now seems so obvious. You studied psychology and management. And 
I feel like in many ways that's influencing your children's work, your music, et cetera. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, well, I hope so. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, when I studied psychology, originally I was interested in, um, see if I can keep it concise, but uh, music and the brain. That's what I really wanted Uh to study. And uh, I got to study time perception in a neuroscience lab and do psychology. And then um, afterwards, I was I was also involved in some humanitarian work. So that's why I did business school. So I, at the time, I was thinking like psychology would be applicable to like anything I did because I'd be working with people. And uh, I think that's pretty true. I mean, you know, now uh, like over a decade later, definitely academics is academics. So, um, Hmm. you know, I feel like my time spent uh, as an artist and musician in a lot of ways is taught more about business than than maybe like sitting in a classroom. Um, But that's all like, well, you know, Jen and Mary were talking about the kind of marketing of education and shifting of that. So, yeah, there's definitely a connection. Yeah. And then academia is academia. And making music with with Nick is its own, <laughs> its own level <laughs> of existence. <laughs> well, we're going to get to hear uh, more making music with Nick and Oshri in just a second. Uh, is, is there going to be a different instrumentation to this piece? Uh, we're going to use... Um, some because one of the things we like to do is we use uh, traditional instruments and combine it with uh, more contemporary um, electronica and synthesizers and and things like that. So we're going to use a little bit of drum and some synthesizer sounds, but it's the the ones we're going to use uh, they sound very acoustic. But yeah. uh, we'll use a drum loop. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's Oshri Hakak and Nick Young live on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition with their improvisation number two. Thank you. 
Oshri Hakak and Nick Young, thank you so much. Thank you for oh, bringing. What a pleasure. This is really, really uh, wonderful to be able to share. I have to say, by the end of three minutes, <laughs> we are just barely getting started. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're ready. We felt ready. <laughs> so just imagine another 45 minutes of music after that. <laughs> well, then you can title that when we're just getting started. Ah, yes, I ah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well uh, you could uh, find... Uh, Oshri on Instagram at Oshri Hakak, O-S-H-R-I-H-A-K-A-K, and Nick on Instagram at Bombay Rain, B-O-M-B-A-Y Rain dot net. What a pleasure. Look forward to hearing you two in person and just uh, getting to enjoy when the time is right and uh getting to enjoy what you do to the fullest extent. Uh, more power to both of you. Thank you both for being on with us today. Thank you so thank much you for so having much. us. Yeah, it's, it's really been a pleasure. Our pleasure as well. And a thank you to Jennifer for introducing Oshri to us. And also thank you to Jennifer Kelly and Mary Jacobson for being our guests on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition today. And that is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our producer and co-host, Mark Lejeure, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, as ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. Bam. Thank you.